0: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice.
1: Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James, and thank you for listening to the podcast today. This is the podcast for people like you who want to be inspired with their money, who want to be encouraged along the way, and take steps to whatever future you want in your life. We will champion all movement towards your goal in this environment. This episode is brought to you by my book, Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested. So thank you to everybody who has already purchased a copy and thank you in advance to those who are planning on purchasing a copy. I'm going to talk about private health insurance and more so from my experience with a recent surgery that I had through the private system, what it actually cost me, I documented it all, and I thought it might just be interesting for you who are curious about how it works in a practical sense, uh, because I logged numbers, I've got breakdowns, I can tell you the total out-of-pocket cost that it cost me for the surgery... I can tell you the total cost that it would have cost me if I didn't have private and we'll go from there. Now, this is not so much of an episode about the facts of private health, although I might cover some of that. Uh, To be honest, private health insurance, it's bloody confusing. And the bit I wrote about private health insurance and how it all works in the book was the hardest part by far to research. It's just bloody confusing. And between the Medicare levy surcharge and the lifetime health cover loadings and all the discounts and ages, it's a nightmare. Uh, But this episode, unfortunately, we won't be going deep into that. It is more just my own personal experience and how I've viewed the world. And we'll get down and dirty. So let's get into it. So if you're still listening, I trust that you are interested to hear my story. And I guess I'll start by saying in April of 2020, uh, when the COVID lockdowns happened the first time, I had my studio uh, at a separate place to where it is now. It's in my home garage at the moment. Uh, The lease was up. uh, The landlord was a dickhead. So I thought, well, I'm going to just move. Back home into the home office environment and deck out my double car garage as a studio. So, you know, I spent three weeks off uh, first, kind of restoring the commercial unit that we had leased and, you know, repainting and doing all that stuff. And then that took a week. And then I came home, we set up the double car garage, and I'm like, well, I've got all my tools anyway, so I'll paint the back deck and just really spent you know, three weeks in total, hard on the tools, setting up all the connectors uh, for all the studio gear. And basically uh, since that time, I've had uh, pains and aches in my wrists and fingers. So any fine motor skills and it just just wouldn't go away. I tried a bit of physio, it it just didn't help. And that's kind of, I guess at the start of this year when I really was like, wow, this is not getting any better. And then I just started to investigate uh, what I need to do to resolve uh, this pain and annoyance. And it got to the point where I like I got a, one of the iPhone 12 minis because holding the big normal iPhone, it made my hand ache, like it got really bad. So anyway, I've listed all the costs that from investigations to GPs, to physios, to surgeons, to anesthetists and everything- and we'll we'll just do a, a summary of how it went down. I, I first will say, uh, private health insurance. I believe it is a luxury in Australia, and you know, not all of us can afford that. But the good thing is, in Australia, if you are sick, you will get looked after. If you have a life-threatening emergency, you will be looked after. And I know that there are good and bad experiences in the public and in the private but let's make the on balance call here. On balance in Australia, you will be looked after if something horrendous happens medically or if you're in an accident, you know, and that was one part. There's a testimony of the book of people who went through the public system and had some really good results. So I'm not here to kind of say one's better or one's worse. I'm just stating the facts that for me, uh, it makes sense financially to be in private health but also on the flexibility and the time um, to to do things and see specialists. Uh, but if I wasn't, uh, I could certainly get a really good quality of care through the public system. And I know there are uh, nurses, doctors, you know, everyone, butchers, bakers, candlestick makers that are listening right now who, you know, maybe in that world uh, and you are in the public system and you do a great job. And I really respect what you do because... It's only until you're actually in hospital to see how much uh, you nurses really keep that place running. So thank you so much. So I don't actually have the exact times, but I first went to my GP and I've kind of logged three GP visits before uh, handing over to a specialist. And the GP cost that I see is $77. So I go to the counter uh, after I've seen my GP pay the $77 and there's an out-of-pocket cost of $38 and Medicare then put the $39 back into my bank account. So uh, for whatever reason, they charge me the full 77 and I get reimbursed. I know in some instances, places have uh, just charged the out-of-pocket with Medicare, whatever, that's how that GP does it. Uh, So there was three GP visits of $77. uh, Again, costing me $38 per visit out of pocket. And just for those who might not actually understand the terminology, out of pocket cost is literally what I have to cough up that Medicare hasn't covered, my health, my private health fund hasn't covered, literally what I have to pay. So went to the GP, uh, you know, the first port of call was some physio and, you know, just to see if it was... um, some issues with the muscles just because of all the overuse. Right. And it was more fingers at the time and went to the physio and that cost me, uh, $75 out of pocket and Bupa, which is my private health fund. And I'll give you some details of my own cover, uh, later on, but Bupa, uh, they paid $24 of that. So I go to the physio, do the session. When I leave, um, they swipe my Bupa card Boopa pays them $24 and I pay out of pocket of $75. So total cost $99. So I went to the physio. Um, There may have actually been a second physio in there as well, I think, but I just have left that out because I can't remember because, yeah, I just can't remember. And yeah, it was apparent that the physio wasn't working. And then, so we went back to the GP and he sent me for an ultrasound of the wrist. So it's the same ultrasound machine that, you know, you can put on your tummy and see your baby um, and all that stuff. So they get the goo out and ultrasound uh, both wrists because the pain was bilateral in both hands. And there was no out-of-pocket cost for me. So I walked in, the company bulk bill, so that means they just bill Medicare in bulk and pay for it. And that was $105 that Medicare paid for the ultrasound. Now, the ultrasound it came up clear, no issues, uh, which is good, right? We want a clear ultrasound. Uh, but obviously, the physio didn't work, and this is over months. All this crap. So the doctor then sent me for a nerve conduction study. So what that is is they put all these wires in your on your elbow, in the palm of your hand, in your fingers, and they send a, a pulse. Uh, from your elbow to tips of your fingers and your your hand shakes and it feels really weird, like you're getting a little uh, electrocuted and it tests the time for the electrical signal to get from uh, your elbow up to the fingers and to see if there's any blockages in the carpal tunnel nerve or anything like that. So the total cost of the nerve conduction study was $360 um, and I had to pay an out of pocket cost of 164. So Medicare paid 196. That nerve conduction study was also clear, no issues. And I'm like, okay, well, it's all in my head. That's fun. So <laughs> I've had an ultrasound that's clear, nerve conduction study that's clear. Uh, so the next step was the, the GP, he's a really good GP. He said, look, uh, we can do an MRI. Uh, and I was kind of thinking, well, if I go to a specialist, the specialist might want an MRI anyway, so I may as well get one, just you know, to to have it. And uh, so I went and had a, an MRI of my left hand because at the time the left one was most sore, and it was weird. And I don't actually remember, but the cost of the MRI was five hundred and thirty dollars, but there was Medicare wouldn't pay any of that, so. The medical people listening, you would know the reason, whether it was just some weird elective thing or those, I, I don't know. Uh, but for that procedure, MRI on my left wrist, it was $530 out of pocket. So let's just do a recap. You know, three, just to get to the point, and the MRI was clear, uh, which is also a bit annoying. It said there was a small swelling on one of the nerves, but it was basically clear. Uh, so The doctor's like, right, well, you've got to go to a a hand and wrist specialist. So just to get to the point of, and this is before private health insurance, this is just investigating the problem before we go to a specialist, uh, there was a total out-of-pocket cost of $883. Now, regardless of whether I was in private health or not, with the exception of $24 for the physio, it was basically $883 of investigations. So- you know, it's it's still not cheap, really, medicine in Australia. Unless you want to go to a a medical clinic that is fully bulk billed, uh, I wouldn't have, um, you know, let's have a look here. Let's just do some numbers. If I went to a doctor that was fully bulk billed, it would, I would have saved $115. Um, I dare say I may needed to get an x-ray anyway and a nerve conduction study anyway. So really, like... I'd still be looking at five, six, seven hundred dollars um, just to investigate this problem. So, you know, it, it is expensive to be a human sometimes. So, all right, rock up to the specialist and they book me in. Uh, the first visit with the specialist is two hundred and fifty dollars. Now, I paid one hundred and seventy-four dollars out of pocket of my own money, and Medicare paid seventy-six dollars. So. Again, I, I don't know, I forget at the time at the clinic whether I paid the 174 only or I paid the 250 in full and they reimbursed me, but the wash-up was $174. Now, at the time, he pretty much prodded and poked and he said, based on my symptoms, uh, that I have a typical carpal tunnel um, entrapment or whatever it is. So there's a nerve that goes... Uh, into your palm of your hands, uh, which can be trapped in your wrist in the carpal tunnel. And that media I think it's the medium nerve. Let me just, medial, medium. Yes, here we go. The median nerve, colloquially known as the eye of the hand, is one of the three major nerves of the forearm and hand. So yeah, it goes down the arm into the hand. And anyway, the doctor said, look, you've he, and like he kind of like tapped on my wrist and, you know, apparently if you tap the wrist, you get tingly up in your fingers, which was happening to me. Uh, that's a sign of, you know, the carpal tunnel um, entrapping the median nerve. I'm probably saying all this wrong. Uh, he held down for, you know, for 30 seconds or so on different parts and, and just gave me a bit of a thing. And he said, look, we need to try and rule out that it is not this carpal tunnel thing. Uh, you know, he asked me, he's like, have you been with any ladies of the night or anything like that? Because apparently, um, was it gonorrhea or some weird thing can manifest into joint pains and all that. I'm like, nope, I'm all good. Uh, so he says, look, the first stage is to, um, do some cortisone guided CT injections. So basically you go to the, uh, the imaging place and under a CT scan, they put a needle in and inject uh, the cortisone steroids in around the nerve. To obviously try and get rid of any swelling and um, there's a local anesthetic there. So you kind of palms are numb for the first few hours after it. And that kind of did help for a little bit, which was good. So getting the cortisone guided CT uh, injection, that was $203. And of that, I had to pay $85 out of pocket. Now I went back to the specialist and to review the, and I, I had some blood tests as well that didn't cost me anything um, out of pocket and I didn't include them in this because um, it was just 100% bulk build anyway uh, and not really material to uh, this analysis. So the blood tests were fine. The, um, the cortisone did help, but then it, it didn't. So it didn't really resolve the issue. Uh, So when I went back the second time, he didn't charge me for the second time. Uh, There was just a $38 payment to uh, Medicare. Uh, Then we kind of toyed around with uh, using splints, uh, you know, to sleep with for some time. But I said, look, I just think we need to um, maybe look at a more permanent solution, uh, given this has gone on for over... You know, 18 months now, or almost 18 months, and I'm over it. Uh, So he went through all the risks of surgery and all that stuff, and we booked in. So, this is where the private health insurance comes to the party. Uh, When you have private health insurance, the doctor that I saw only works in the private system. So, he may, he actually may do emergency on call stuff, but his bread and butter is private patients and operating. Uh, so, you know, I know that he's the person operating on me. And, you know, in the public system, people say, oh, yeah, if you go, if you get a doctor and you, you need surgery in the, uh, the public system, you just get some um, trainee doctor or whatever. But I just want to refute that, that any doctor that's allowed to actually operate, even under the supervision of someone more qualified, like, you know, my specialist or something like that, they're not a dummy, and it's you know, I, I just don't think there's this thing that you're going to get lesser care. And again, sure, there's outliers, but they're a doctor and they've been a doctor for a long time, and they're not a dummy, they know what they're doing and they're well supervised. So, I don't think it's that big a deal that in the public system that uh, there could be up and coming training doctors doing the surgery. So, I just want to say that because there's a lot of doctors that listen to this, and uh, I just have the most respect for doctors, uh, given my ex- own experiences. So, um, so the public system, uh, okay. So let's actually back up a bit. So if I didn't have private health because my pain in my wrist was not life threatening, uh, I would go on a public waiting list. Now this specialist that I have seen, I would assume that I wouldn't probably have gotten in to see him anyway. Um, but if I did, if he did do public jobs or whatnot, uh, I would have just gone on a, a list. And that could mean in 18 months time, I get a call from, you know, my local Gosford or Wyong hospital to say, all right, Glenn, you're up next Thursday, uh, for your ankle, of uh, not your ankle, for your wrist surgery and be ready. So it can kind of come out of the blue. You might get a couple of weeks notice, but you, you just really have to wait. Uh, and then if a coronavirus outbreak hits, uh, you know, the list could get pushed out another year. So one of the factors in private health for me was to get a little bit more control um, if and when I need surgery, uh, elective surgery, and also because it's actually cheaper for me to have private health insurance due to the Medicare levy surcharge, but we won't go there just yet. Now, let's have a look. Uh, I booked in to get the hand surgery done at Gosford Private Hospital, and it was a day surgery. And they sent me a quote before and whatnot. So I rock up on the day, I pay my excess to the hospital. So I rock and say, yep, Glenn James here to get my surgery. And they take my excess. So every private health policy will have a hospital excess. Now my one is per calendar year. So I paid my excess. And in this instance, my excess was $250. Now, that means I can really get another surgery done before the end of the year and not have to pay that out-of-pocket excess. So it's once per year. Now, the day surgery cost Booper just for the hospital visit, $1,316. So $1,316 or a total of $1,566. $250 of that I paid, which is my excess. So the surgery itself with my doctor he didn't charge an out-of-pocket cost for him to operate. He just billed Medicare and Boopa, And I think it was about uh, $570 for Medicare and $570 from Boopa. So he charged $1,140 for the procedure. I've had uh, procedures in the past and all of my ankle surgeries. Uh, my last one, the doctor charged the $3,500 out-of-pocket cost. Because remember, you go into the private world and when you're in the private world, it's supply and demand, people running a business, good surgeon, you can basically charge what you want. If you charged a million dollars per out-of-pocket, well, there'd be no business and market forces kind of kick in and you know, I can't afford to pay a million dollars. If it was a hundred thousand, probably wouldn't do that. I'd wait for public. But you know, the market forces can say that, well, he can actually charge an out-of-pocket of of $3,500 for Glenn's ankle surgery. Um, If you don't want me to operate on you, you don't have to pay. You can go and wait and get it in the public system. So that was kind of the market forces with specialist doctors. You can charge what you want. In this case, because I asked this doctor when I went back to see him, I said, oh, so you don't charge an out-of-pocket? He goes, nah, it's only a, it's a relatively short job. You know, I'm not all about gouging and all that stuff. So that was You know, I'm loosely paraphrasing. Uh, So, $1,140 from the doctor. Now, there was an assistant surgeon there, which I can't see anywhere on my Medicare record or Bupa record anything to do with this guy. And I don't know if they're just really slow to process it at his uh, rooms. Uh, But as it stands at the moment, I paid $113 for the surgical assistant. The anaesthetist, if that's how you say it, I paid $200 out of pocket. Uh, Medicare paid him $142 and Bupa paid him $316. So the anaesthetist in total uh, was $658. And then there was a follow-up visit with the surgeon that was uh, bulk billed at $38. Uh, So the wash up was the total cost of uh, investigating and trying to treat before surgery then the, you know, all the nerve conduction and MRIs, specialist visits, cortisone, uh, the hospital day surgery, the out-of-pocket costs, all that cost, like the total cost of this procedure was $5,332 or not the procedure, like my journey into trying to solve this problem. So $5,300. Bupa covered $2,226 of that the total out-of-pocket cost for me in this um, ordeal was $1,705 and Medicare covered $1,400. So it's being in private health insurance doesn't mean that it's cheaper. It just guarantees me I can book into this specialist when it suits both of us. He operates fortnightly at North Gosford, for example. So- that's the total cost, fifty three hundred dollars investigation through to surgery and follow-up. Of that, and this is where you can really start to look at it. Boopa, my private health insurance company, paid out twenty two hundred dollars or two thousand two hundred and twenty six dollars, but it only cost me my premium eighteen hundred and forty one dollars this final this year. So when we look at the total cost BooPa paid, Less what I paid them as my insurance excess uh, for twelve months, I'm three hundred eighty four dollars ahead. Less the two hundred fifty dollar excess gives me one hundred thirty four dollars sixty eight ahead. Uh, just in that instance, but it still cost me seventeen hundred dollars out of pocket. So, it's um, it's not cheap to have health issues that are ongoing, and you've really got to investigate. Uh, It's been uh, probably around almost three months. When did I get it? July. Uh, Yeah, it was at the start of lockdown for me. And look, I've still got some surgical pain. Um, I've actually, yeah, I'm not sure. I've been using the splint in bed just to see if that helps. So um, I am booked in to have my left wrist done because I got the right one done because at the time that was the most sore one. And we didn't want to do both of them. Um, because he, he basically said, because it is, um, an atypical thing. Um, we just need to kind of be cautious and try and exclude this. Uh, so there you have it. We're going to take a quick break. I'll come back and we'll wrap this up. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast.
0: If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's
1: sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. So what did we learn? We've learned that for this year... I mean, front one hundred and thirty-four dollars uh, in terms of a uh, what I've paid booper and what they've coughed up. It cost me seventeen hundred dollars out of pocket, and for me, private health insurance has been beneficial. Um, I just made a quick list. I've had to use my private health insurance for hospital visits, either day surgery or overnight or two nights. In two thousand and sixteen, I had an endoscopy because I actually, I was feeling sick every time after I ate and uh, it was just not going away. And I'd recently been in the Caribbean and the surgeon might've thought that I had some type of bacteria maybe, uh, but he nuked me with some antibiotics and it kind of um, really helped. Uh, It basically solved the problem. Um, 2017, I had a bone tumor taken out of my right ankle. 2018, I had a regular uh, colonoscopy uh, because I've had a history of um, bowel cancer in the family. And each time I've had a colonoscopy, I've had polyps removed uh, and of the type that are most likely to turn to cancer. Uh, In 2019, I had my right ankle ligament reconstructed, which should have been done in 2017, uh, but long story, I was going to get the bone cyst at the, we thought it was a cyst, the doctor did. And, you know, it was a very rare type of bone tumor. So they were going to do the cyst and the reconstruction at the same time, open it up. turned out it wasn't a cyst. It was a tumor. It was benign, all that stuff. Uh, so I had to go back in 2019 and get my ankle done again. Last year, I didn't have any procedures and this year, 2021, my wrist and maybe my left wrist again. Um, and next year, It's looking like I might need my left ankle ligament reconstructed, although I might try and get in before the end of this year just so I don't have to pay the hospital excess again (laughs) with the health fund. But as you can see, from my health history, it's been very beneficial to me uh, just from an organisational point of view to if I need a routine colonoscopy, just go and book it in. If I need to get my ankle done, just book it in around my time. And it's been really good. Like even the private hospital... uh, going there during lockdown, uh, the private hospital where I am was still operating, the doctor was still operating. So it really didn't affect me. And just in terms of the Medicare levy surcharge, you know, if you earn 150 grand a year round numbers um, and you don't have private health insurance, you've got to pay an extra 1% in tax, which is $1,000. So realistically, I basically, my plan is $1,800 a year, so it really only costs me eight hundred dollars a year to have health insurance, if that makes sense. So I could realistically remove the $1,800 from my boober costs and just put eight hundred there, and I'm eleven hundred and seventy six dollars ahead after that procedure. Because you know, if you take out if you take out the amount, you would have paid in tax anyway. So I guess the point with your income, if you're earning over that ninety thousand dollars a year. Uh, it may be cheaper for you to have private health insurance or the same. So it really, uh, and that's not to do with anything to do with your age. uh, But again, the book will uh, go through in a lot of detail uh, all around how the private health insurance works. Again, it's a luxury and I'm fortunate enough to have the money. But then again, I'm fortunate enough to have access to 1700 dollars out of pocket for this whole ordeal. So it's, yeah, it's just expensive. But if I was on a lower income and didn't have private health, or I chose not to have private health, I would have been looked after, but it may have been slower. So it's this thing in this world, like you pay for convenience. There's no way around it, is there? you pay for convenience. When it goes to our investing, if you want to use an investment platform, so they do all the tax reporting and the consolidated tax reporting and the tracking of your CGT over the years, well, there's a platform fee. So that's convenience. You know, if I want my uh, lawn guy that comes every fortnight to mow my lawn, I pay him, I'm paying for convenience. There's nothing new under the sun in terms of these money laws And people get all, you know, their knickers in a knot around private health insurance. If you don't want it, don't have it, that's fine. You'll be looked after, but you'll pay more tax if you earn over $90,000 a year. But just make a decision and don't whinge if you then need private, uh, if you need a procedure and you've got to wait a year and you're not covered privately because it's now a existing illness and you've got to wait 12 months for the policy. Like make a decision and hang your hat on it and don't whinge. Uh, but certainly I've heard countless stories. My sister had her twins in the public system and that was a high risk pregnancy. She had twins that were born at 28 weeks in uh, with twin to twin transfusion syndrome. And she was in RPA in Sydney. Uh, one At one stage, the child, one of the kids was at Westmead. The other was RPA. And I mean, she had this high risk pregnancy in the public system and it was fantastic treatment. I've had uncles and aunts that have had bypass surgery in the public system and it's fine. If I curled over now and had a heart attack, they'd be sending the bus out to Gosford Hospital with me and and I'd be looked after. I guess it's then once I'm there, I'm looked after, I'm stable. If it is a long-term stay in hospital, I might then choose to say, okay, I want to now be An inpatient for my recovery in the public system, in the private system. So, you know, you might get your own room and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's just, you get what you pay for, people. Uh, It's as simple as that. And I'm cool. If you don't want to get private health, that's cool. Uh, And if you do, that's cool as well. And the book really will uh, paint a clearer picture as possible to help understand this. And if you think superannuation legislation is hard to understand, <laughs> bloody private health, it is a nightmare. So my, I'm with Bupa, not that that really means anything. And I pay, yeah, that, I think it's $150-ish a month. Here we go, $153.46 a month. And I've got a silver plus with budget extra 60 which it's a mid hospital. I think my plan's an older one and they've still got it. I don't think they sell this one. But I mean, I, I've been with them since, oh, how long have I been with Booper? Out doing my welcome membership since, yeah, 2004. I've been with Booper. So a long time. And they don't charge me less premium to pay yearly. So I pay monthly. Um, and yeah, they've been good to me. And yeah we might leave it there. Thanks for listening. Um, Hopefully that just gave you an under the hood look at my personal journey around getting my wrist surgery. And hopefully I can get them both back in tip-top shape very soon. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Bye.